0: Support for To The Point comes from Bausch & Lomb.
1: Beautiful and healthy looking eyes, it shouldn't be a compromise. Lumify Eye Illuminations, developed by the experts at Bausch & Lomb exclusively for the sensitive eye area. To cleanse, nourish, and brighten. Lumify Eye Illuminations, only in the eye care aisle. Ocular Surface Disease. It's complex, chronic, and progressive, but rife with opportunity for the enterprising optometrist.
2: The mission of this podcast is to make this condition more understandable and accessible to those interested in specializing in it. So let's get to the point. Welcome to another episode of the To The Point Podcast. My name is Jackie Garlick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Leslie O'Dell, and we are super pumped to talk about demodex blepharitis with the one and only friend, colleague, Dr. Walt Whitley. (laughs) Dr. Whitley is a nationally recognized lecturer and has given over 750 lectures and presentations on topics ranging from ocular disease, surgical co-management, pharmaceuticals, and practice management topics. As an author, he's written dozens of articles for all of the major optometric publications, and he currently serves as co-chief medical editor of Modern Optometry. Hi, Walt, thanks for joining us today. Hey, how's everybody doing? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. It's it's nice to hang out with you virtually. Oh, definitely. Look, looking forward to our discussions tonight.
1: I was going to actually just get started to talk about something that is a... Um, a growing topic for us in dry eye, which is demodex blepharitis. But I wanted to start by a patient that I saw a week ago who got sent to me by an urgent care doctor. And it's the exact reason why we should be having this conversation. Um, Her story went that she was having intermittent swelling of her eyelids for the past couple of weeks, treated with Um, oral antibiotics, topical steroids, eye drops, all not given to her by an eye care provider. And she was sent to me finally. Um, And so, you, you know, when I took a look at her, I immediately saw... Um, evidence for demodex blepharitis, and we're getting her on a good path. My challenge, though, is our therapeutics are kind of lacking in this area, and she's on this tight time schedule to look good for a wedding that she's got coming up in two weeks. So no pressure there. Um, but Not whatsoever, yeah. You know, but her story is very similar to what we're learning about these patients, right? That they oftentimes have been somewhere before us with some kind of symptom and looking for answers and I'm sure that's what you're experiencing too oh no
0: I mean this is a, this is a patient that many of us get that you know have these symptoms that I mean it's obviously bothersome to them and you know those are the easy ones but there's many patients that have no symptoms whatsoever and so you know for your case we're going to look at everything I mean because they are having the swelling down the lids we got to figure out what's going on with the rest of the, with the rest of the eye itself. But you know, whenever we're we're looking at our patients, we have to make sure we're going from the front to the back, looking at all the different differentials, and you know, what is the underlying diagnosis? What have they tried before, and what's the next step? And so, so for that patient, what did you do again?
1: Well, I, you know, right now I'm doing what I can. And so that is really based around in-office lid hygiene. So we did a micro exfoliation just to clear up her lid margin. And then I am using a tea tree product to clean the lids. Um, And that seemed to get her, you know, she's definitely happier this week than last. So normally I wouldn't see a patient back so soon, but I was just for the sake of time and making sure that nothing else was going on alongside of What I thought was just demodex blepharitis.
2: We're talking about you know blephar excuse me demodex today, and it's really a timely topic because we you know now have on the horizon something that might be FDA approved to treat demodex blepharitis. But this is like a good case to jump into. But I thought we could maybe take it back even a notch and just start with like a little refresher on demodex. You know we're I think we're going to be hearing a a lot more about that with. you know, the uh, potential FDA approval of tarf- Tarsus's TPO3. But can you, well? can you give us a little background on Demodex and like who you would see this in and what even is it?
0: Yeah. So whenever it comes to Demodex, this is something that uh, a lot of patients have and some may be symptomatic, some may not be symptomatic, but it's, a, it's something that we need to either ask the questions, which we should be doing on every single patient, but also looking at our patients as well. And so Many of us have seen some of these, uh, um, um, not advertisements, but you see these messages about look down, right? Look at the lids. And we want to see is there any signs of collarettes? Because anytime we see a collarette, that's pathognomonic of a patient that does have Devadex blepharitis. Uh, other things come to mind is actually right now is allergy season, right? And so a lot of patients are complaining about itching. And so ask them about itching is it on the interdecanthus? at intercanthus and that patient has seasonal allergies. But if they're along the lid lid margins, then those are patients that more likely have blepharitis. And then oftentimes it's going to be demodex blepharitis. And so some of the things that we need to see, uh, it's a condition that affects about 25, up to 25 million uh, 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 patients throughout the year in the the United States. And something that, you know, redness, itching are some of the common uh, signs and symptoms. But, you know, this is something that unless we're looking for it and asking for it, we may often miss.
1: And I think that that's a great call out is that look down because so many times you you hear the patient's symptoms and you might jump right to your slit lamp exam with, you know, looking at the conjunctiva and cornea, um, eyes open. So looking down really helps you see that. But describe what you're looking for with this collarette.
0: So whenever I'm having that patient look down, I'm looking for the sleeve that you're going to see at the base of the lashes. And so whenever we're seeing those patients, some patients you may see one or two, which less than, around that is going to be grade zero. Uh, But if patients have, you know, up to 10, greater than 10, we're trying to grade the severity of the condition, you're going to start to see more grading scales when it comes to patients with with uh, blepharitis, where anywhere between two to 10 is gonna be grade one, 10 to 50 is gonna be grade two, and it's gonna go higher after that. And whenever we see that, we're thinking, hey, you know, this is where the patient is now. What can we do to address this to help improve it? And you just mentioned a couple of the treatments that you're doing right now with the blephar exfoliation as well as tea tree oil. But then the issue with that is compliance. You, as you mentioned, did uh, blood blephar exfoliation, but many patients don't have access to that or don't have the means to do that, or, uh, or the providers aren't providing those type of treatments. So they're doing at-home therapies where if a patient, we've all seen, Jackie, Lessa, we've all seen it. If a patient comes in with two to three plus blepharitis, you prescribe lid scrubs, bring them back in two weeks, what does it look like? Two to three plus blepharitis and so it looks exactly the same. So obviously the treatments aren't very effective or the ones that are available right now just are more toxic to the eye and very irritating to the eye.
1: Which is really a good point because that that is exactly what my patients look like right now. But the the higher concentrated products that I need when I'm seeing those severe cases, I often don't want them rubbing that you know vigorously on the eyelid for for the concern of stinging, burning, discontinued use. So it, it really is, um, you know, we're really do a new treatment, I would say for these patients. So it is exciting to see um, what's on the horizon. I think some of the early work, you know, out of Tarsus and developing um, a better understanding of the disease state has really been interesting. Um, one was just their prevalence data. So uh, I know that you, your clinic, I think, even was maybe part of this, um, wall but when you see the prevalence data when consecutive patients coming into optometric and um, MD offices were up to 58% incidence of Demodex, I think that's a pretty shocking number. And I've been using that a lot as I'm educating patients because they still always think, you know, gas, and then, oh my gosh, is this just me? <laughs> and now I kind of say, well, actually, you know, six out of 10 people have this. And so you're not alone. Um, but I was surprised by the incidents. I didn't know how you felt about that.
0: Oh, I was. I mean, so when I was asked to be part of the study, it was, hey, look at the next 180 patients. What is the presence of colorettes? Is it two or more? Two or more is going to be clinically significant. Uh, you know, is it bothersome or not? I mean, that's, you know, we'll, we'll have to look at that more. But if patients, they had collarettes, So 58% of colorettes. And so that was surprising to me because, you know, oftentimes we're not really looking for that. And, you know, even if we found it, there was not an effective treatment for it. And so that I think that was the biggest issue and the biggest disconnect. But just once I was part of that study and once I saw the cumulative data that came out of that, 58% is huge. And so that's why it's so important for us to start looking and having those patients look down and asking about itching and redness, and you know how do their eyes feel? How do their eyes look? And and uh, getting the patient's perspective.
2: You know that look down campaign I think has actually been very um, helpful and educating. But I was talking with another colleague about this and. I was like, well, you know, I always start my eye exam with the lids closed anyway. That's not new for me. And someone was like, yeah, but like if you have an older patient who has a lot of dermat you could really miss the base of that lash. So the look down is really kind of a better approach, I think, than just, I mean, I certainly do a lid close anyways. I'm looking for, you know, lag or whatever, but, you know, that's sort of a nice pearl that I really didn't consider for, um, you know, those patients that do have a lot of, like, um, you know, dermatogalysis on the upper lid.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. And, and you know, one of the things to look at is, uh, you know, initially is going to be the gross evaluation, we come to the exam lane, we see those patients, they have rosacea uh, on, on their cheeks, and if we see that, we're like, well, they're going to have some symptoms, we're going to look for rosacea on the eyes, we're going to look for Demodex, because we know that there is an association there as well. Uh, just like you, my first thing that I look at, I have the patient look down, or not, I'm oh, sorry, sorry, close their eyes. So you look down or close your eyes, main thing is look, and if you look, you're going to find it 58% of the time.
2: Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about um, the, you know, Tarsus product that they have um, at sitting at the FDA and uh, a little bit about TPO3?
0: Yeah. So TPO3, it's, it's a very exciting uh, potential treatment that we have. It is looking at the veterinary approach for the treatment of Demodex blepharitis with uh, Lodolander. And so it is a drop that's twice a day for about six weeks and it comes in a bottle uh, in the clinical studies, they were looking at cholera cure. So the patient had grade two or more, and on average, the baseline was about two point, roughly about 2.8 in the Saturn 1 and Saturn 2 studies. And so they were, they were looking at patients to see how much improvement they had at twice a day over 42 days. And so it was day zero, technically, to day 43. So we're looking at cholera cure, so how much improvement they had, but also mite eradication as well as lid erythema and so looking at all three of those endpoints and it was found to be statistically significant in all three of those and so um you know being involved with them early on and seeing some of the just some of the pictures we know that pictures say a thousand words and we've heard this many times but there are there are patients that essentially you're putting this drop in twice a day for demdex blepharitis but What happens is they're not doing lid scrubs, but it improves. And so you're going from two to three plus to look how clear those lashes are. Look how much improvement we see. And so uh, I was very impressed when I saw some of the early data, but looking at the pivotal trials that they did, it has been very effective and exciting to have a potential treatment.
1: I was kind of a disbeliever when I saw those pictures at first, I'm not gonna lie. I thought this is improved without you even touching the lid. Um, and then I was able to be part of a, um, clinical trial as well. And I mean, it really does just dissolve the colorette. It's really amazing. I really by eradicating the mite because we know that the, the colorette is the, you know, all of the waste product of the mite, but it's remarkable because exactly what you said, you know, a while back, uh, as far as you put them on the lid scrubs and they come back looking exactly the same. It's very defeating. Um, you know, to the patient and, and us as well.
0: I, I did mention it was top of the but it is a paralytic. And so it's essentially going to kill the mite. It's going to affect the GABA inhibition of the mite itself. And so that's why we're, you know, that's what's leading to the cholera cured mite eradication. And so uh, that's a mechanism of action. And we're excited to learn more and more about this drug as we go forward. I mean, Leslie, Actually, both of you are involved with a study. Look at the at the uh, uh, the impact that it has on patients, and so we're all very familiar with, you know, some of the things to look for, some of the symptoms that the patient has. But in the end, it's something that we need to address for our patients. Support for To The Point comes from Bausch & Lomb.
1: Beautiful and healthy looking eyes? It shouldn't be a compromise. Lumify Eye Illuminations, developed by the experts at Bausch & Lomb exclusively for the sensitive eye area. To cleanse, nourish, and brighten. Lumify Eye Illuminations, only in the eye care aisle. I think that statistic on,
2: on talking about lid erythema is really Um, wonderful for patients because they do complain about red lid margins, red rimmed eyes. And um, you know, that's, that's a aesthetic, you know, part of treating eyes is people want to have bright white eyes. And so I think that lid erythema is going to be, is going to be really amazing to see in some of these patients, but I totally agree with you both. I feel like I'll see a patient write Demodex in my chart note, offer a treatment, see them the next year. And I'm just copying that same note. I'm like it's demodex again. <laughs> it's still there. We're not really getting rid of it. So, yeah, I'm I'm certainly very excited to um, hopefully see this approval
1: urethema is so important because of what Walt was talking about this trial, about just the negative impact of demodex blepharitis that we were, were part of. Um, constantly worrying about their eyes and eyelids was a big thing that patients reported. Also, a negative appearance of their eyes and eyelids that other people were commenting on. Um, I'm sure that you've had patients that say, you know, patient that their friends or family or coworkers are wondering what's wrong with them because of the red rimmed eye or the redness to their eye. So I agree that urethema is a big impact. Um, and also it was nice to see how quickly there was a turnaround. So um, the improvement in colorettes, I think came as quick as two weeks from um, onset of, of use. Yeah. And so,
0: you know, we're going to have this potential treatment, but it's going to be complementary to a lot of things we do. And so if you, if you have the microbluff micro exfoliation, we're gonna start with that first to get rid of a lot of this and then we could potentially utilize TPO3. We know that IPL, many of us have intense pulse light and we know that that's very efficacious for patients with rosacea and the association, association with Demodex and rosacea. And this will be complementary to that as well. But if you don't have those types of technologies, we can at least start the patient on a treatment. And if it, if it's effective, great. If the patient needs more, we can collaborate and co-manage with our optometric colleagues. It does not have to go to ophthalmology. I know you both have all the different treatments. And so, uh, so just working intra-optometric referrals is something that We as a profession have to do
2: more of. So one of the things I think um, that I have heard from colleagues is the potentially um, awkward conversation about diagnosing someone with demodex. It's a mite. I have these mites on my lashes, and I think you have to really be, um, you know, read your patient. If you have a patient that. Um, may react poorly to that diagnosis. How, I'd like to hear from from both of you actually on how you start that conversation with the patient when you see Demodex and how do you talk about that with the patient?
0: So whenever we see this in a patient, I mean, they're coming to us for our professional opinion and our professional advice. So if this is something I see, I'll pull up. I'll take a picture. if I'm in a room that has the camera. If not, I'll pull up a picture and say, hey, this is your condition. If you're symptomatic, if they're symptomatic, I'll say, this is why you're symptomatic. If they're not symptomatic, I say, hey, this is something we have to address. There's a combination of bacteria, mites, and, and stuff on your eyes that if we don't address it now, it can potentially get worse. And so trying to be proactive versus reactive. This is the prescription we're going to do right now. I'm prescribing something such as a Demodex for the patient or uh, uh, something that has a tea tree based um, um, product. But this is what we have available now. And that's why, you know, we're, we're seeing mixed results right now, but potentially with a new treatment, uh, we may have a better option.
1: I'm I'm very similar um, in if when I can take a picture, I show them their eyelashes. Um, you know, I'm glad I know that the cholerat is pathognomonic and every once in a while for my own morbid enjoyment, I might still epilate a lash <laughs> just to look at it under a microscope, but normally I don't do that anymore. Um, which is probably going to be better for patients because I really kind of freak them out when they would see the mite, you know, moving. Um, but I explain it very similar to bacteria. I'll, I just say, you know, we now know that demodex blepharitis is a condition. Demodex is a a mite that lives on our bodies and in hair follicles. And much like staph bacteria, sometimes you may have an overpopulation. We just need to control the population. And here's how we're going to do it. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. As I have that conversation, the patient usually starts scratching some part of their body, (laughs) their head, their eye, you know, something. So, I do try to say this isn't jumping off of you onto someone else. It's not like lice or something like that because they usually, you know, some it's, it's either one or two ways in my experience, either people are like, Oh, okay. Or they're completely caught off guard and can't believe what I just said. (laughs) There's really no in between.
2: (laughs) I do the same. I take a photograph. I like doing that just to show them. Um, I I kind of related to like, this is, you know, sometimes I'm not necessarily even saying this is a mite. I'll say this is normal stuff that we have on our body. There's this overpopulation of it, you know, and people tend to handle that better. But sometimes I will um, talk more about it depending on the patient. I'm wondering, you know, there's there's certainly or or I seem to have seen patients that are asymptomatic with um, Demodex and What is going to be, or what is your threshold to treat an asymptomatic patient? These are, these patients are harder to sort of do the treatment on because they have no symptoms. So why am I going to do all of this treatment? Why should I get this prescription medication? So what is your threshold in, in sort of that conversation? And is it similar to what you, what you did in the study? Well,
0: yeah, you know, for me, it's going to be, I I look at those lids. If I see those cholerats, and actually, I I failed to mention there's a study by Gal and anytime you see a collarette, then 100% of the time, it's going to be Demodex. And so in this study, they pulled the lash. And under the microscope, they saw that it was Demodex blepharitis. If the patient was uh, did not have collarettes but was doing lid scrubs, they still pulled the lash. And 50% of times, it was still they still had Demodex. And then if they weren't doing lid scrubs and they had no collarettes you still pulled the lash. And 7% of the time, they still had Demodex and the mites. And so it is much more uh, prevalent th- than we think. And so to answer your question, you know, it all, it's all your clinical judgment. And so for me, my threshold is low because we know that this does get worse over time. So if a patient has one or two colorets, then I'll probably, do, I'm likely gonna just tell the patient what I do now. Here, use this tea tree based product and this is how we're gonna treat it. But if they have significant, clinically significant so if they have up to ten or even more than that, then I'm definitely going to prescribe potentially a treatment. Um, well, if we have the med- well, when we get the medication, or I'll do my microbluff exfoliation because we know this is going to get worse over time. So as the doctor making that strong recommendation, hey, this is what it is, and this is how we treat it.
1: I I mean I am so convinced that those asymptomatic patients, once you lift all of that up off their lashes, are going to realize that they had a symptom that they just thought was normal. Although I have a woman right now who's got, I mean, I don't know whatever your grading is here, but probably three plus, right? Every single lash coated with colorettes. This lady. I've talked to her now three times since I've seen her, since I've seen, you know, TPO3 in action. And I'm like, I can't wait for this medication. And she keeps saying like, I don't feel bad. I just don't even feel bad. And I say, you are going to feel better. You just don't even know you're supposed to feel better. Um, but I'm, I'm really anxious for her to try it when it comes available so that I can learn from her I know there's something that she just doesn't realize. Right. And my analogy is imagine that you went to your dentist and you just told them, you know what? I feel great today. And they decided like, I'm not going to do your annual cleaning because <laughs> you told them that you felt great. <laughs> you, know, you would think that that was crazy. So I think that we just have to start thinking about our asymptomatic patients differently and know that we're trying to prevent um, downstream effects.
2: Yeah. And I think that that's very true of, of, you know, dry eye patients, which are or can be these patients as well, that, you know, you once, you know, a patient will come in and say, everything is fine. My speed questionnaire is very low. There's nothing happening. And then you look at the cornea or something, you say, oh, there's all this dryness here. Are you sure you don't notice this? How about burning? How about fluctuating vision? How about this? Oh yeah, I guess, but that's pretty normal for me. <laughs> you know, And it's like, oh, that's not normal. You We can make that better. So
1: yeah, good points. So as we're kind of gearing up and trying to find the right patients to even start the, you know, look down, although I guess you could argue this is perfect for every patient. What are some of the um big outs as far as comorbidities that were found um for these patients with demodex blepharitis?
0: Leslie, that's a great question because uh, you know there's various studies when we look at dry eye patients and this is actually part of that study. I was I was in but 60% of dry eye patients also have demodex blepharitis. And so these are comorbid. Cataract patients, another study, 56% had demodex blepharitis. Contact lens wearers, 51% had uh, demodex blepharitis. Uh, one of the things I'm working on right now is looking at glaucoma patients. And what we're finding is patients who are, there's there's, there's got to be something with patients on glaucoma medication and demodex blepharitis because it seems like if they're on it, I see it. And so that's what I'm looking at right now and working on. And so, um, so, you know, this is still a hot topic right now. There's so much to be learned about it. And I think we're going to get more numbers and more data going forward. What about you all? Anything I missed?
1: No, I think that that's a good call out, you know, just to start thinking about it. Sometimes you might not think about your contact lens wearing patients because if demodex seems to have you know, an older age of onset at times, you think about that, this kind of really shows it, it can span different age groups, right? Because a lot of your contact lens wearers are going to be younger patients. So I think that's a great call out. And then your dry eye patients, patients with meibomian gland dysfunction, which is how I first learned about Demodex many years ago was hitting some roadblocks to treatments for my meibomian gland dysfunction patients. Um, And then, you know, cataract patients, because we're always trying to make sure we optimize for our surgical colleagues.
2: Yeah, these are all great points. I think really the take-home is once you really start looking for it, you will see it a lot more than you probably realize. It's easy to gloss over the lashes if you're in your exam or or just like Leslie said, start with the eye open. But once you really start looking at these lashes, you will see that everywhere.
1: (laughs) Definitely. Maybe even in your sleep. (laughs) <laughs> they may haunt your dreams
0: <laughs> now you're trying to freak people out
1: yeah no just the doctors we just need you freaked out so that you can help your patients
2: <laughs> okay this was a great overview on Demodex well thanks so much for being here it's always so nice to talk to you I feel like we're so excited to talk to you we're talking over each other at one point so it's <laughs> uh, it's so nice to to see you virtually and uh, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast
0: Hey, Thank you both for having me.
1: And now for the To The Point wrap-up. Demodex blepharitis is something we will encounter in our clinics with estimates of up to 60% of patients affected by this condition. It's easily identified by having the patient look down while performing your slit lamp exam and noting the presence of a colorect. Help is on the way with Tarsus's TPO3 in the queue for the FDA late summer of this year, 2023. This drop twice daily for six weeks is shown to eradicate the choleret and the demodex mite and help patients feel and see better.